And welcome to episode number five of the Living Word podcast series. Today we are continuing our talk on covenant with a specific mention and discussion of the Ten Commandments. Now, in the last class, we got into the covenant that God and Israel made through Moses at Mount Sinai, but I said I would hold off on the Ten Commandments until this podcast because. Even though it fits into the Mosaic Covenant, it's important enough that it gets its own episode. So the Ten Commandments, as I said in the last class, it is the outward sign of that particular covenant. You know, just as every covenant has its outward sign, whether it is the rainbow with Noah or circumcision with Abraham, the actual stone tablets of the Ten Commandments serve that exact same purpose to be that outward sign, something that people could look upon as a symbolic stand-in for the entire covenant. Now, how these Ten Commandments fit into the covenant at large, it's helpful to think of them in a way as a summary. You know, as you know, there are 613 commandments, 613 obligations of the covenant, but these ten really serve as the I almost want to call them the superscripted headings, as in you could fit the other 603 underneath one of the 10. And of course, there will be some overlap for some, for some of these commandments, but for the most part, that's generally how they operate. Now, if you have the handout that I also posted on Google Classroom, the little companion to this podcast, in the middle of it, the actual Ten Commandments are listed. So if you have that, or and even if you don't, but you happen to know what the, what the commandments are, then you should be able to follow along just fine. One of the things that you should notice with the commandments themselves is that they are they're organized in a particular way. And there's not, or I should say, it's not really accidental that they are organized the way that they are. So you begin at the top with, I, the Lord, am your God. Thou shalt not have any strange gods besides me. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember to keep the Sabbath holy. Honor your father and mother. And then the classic list of thou shalt nots. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery, steal, bear false witness, covet thy neighbor's wife, covet thy neighbor's possessions. Yes, um, forgive me, I am reciting them in sort of the old style. That's the way I learned them as a kid. And like so many other things that when I go into recitation, I end up using the old style. I mean, if I ever recite, recite Psalm 23 within class, I'm definitely doing it in the King James style, even though I'm born, uh, I've been born and raised Catholic my whole life. It's just more poetic and easier to remember. But you start with those top commandments, but what all of them have in common, and really the, the entirety of the Ten Commandments can be seen as rules governing relationships, relationships with God, relationships with family, and relationships with neighbor. And even within that idea of relationships, you see that there is a hierarchy. 
you know, God comes first, then family, then neighbor. So you're dealing with the highest power, you're dealing with those inside your home, and then those who are outside your home. So thou shalt not worship any gods besides me. I mean, that's fairly self-explanatory. You know, monotheism was sort of written into starting with the covenant of Abraham, and then now here with the Mosaic covenant. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. This has a little bit of a different meaning now than it did 3,000 years ago when the commandments were given to Moses. You know, nowadays, we take it to mean not to use the name of the Lord in anger or just to throw it around. But when the commandment was given, the original idea was you do not use his name at all. Because to name something would imply that you had control over it. Some of you may remember back to early Genesis. One of the commands that God gave Adam was to name the animals in the garden as part of man's dominion. That if you name it, you have power. Now, of course, we do not have power over God. And thus the reasoning that we cannot say his name. To say the name is to imply power, which we do not have. So the commandment of thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain is really a warning against the sin of pride. You know, trying to take something that we do not have to think ourselves greater than we were meant to be. Keeping the Sabbath holy, you know, remembering creation, God resting on the seventh day. You know, if God could rest, then so should we. That was the reasoning for it. Then we move away from relationship with God to relationship with family. Honor thy father and thy mother. What's interesting about this particular commandment is that it extends beyond necessarily one's parents. It, it, it goes to authority in general. It even means something like your country. I mean, the word patriotism, the word patriot and everything about it is derived from the Latin word patria, which is father. So just sort of a little interesting tidbit there with it. Then you get into the commandments with neighbor. And even within those commandments, there is sort of a rhyme and a reason and an order and a hierarchy of what is important. You know, thou shalt not kill. You do not deprive your neighbor of his life. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You do not deprive your neighbor or yourself of your family. Thou shalt not steal. You do not deprive your neighbor of his property. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Now, originally, this commandment dealt with the crime of perjury, you know, in which you, in a court case, would tell a lie about what had happened and what you had witnessed. But what you are doing when you bear false witness against your neighbor is depriving him of his dignity. So once again, you, you don't want to deprive your neighbor of his life, of his family, of his property, and of his dignity. You see the sort of descending order there. You know, another way for dignity is reputation. You know, it's not a physical loss, but once reputation has been destroyed, it's very hard to go and get it back. Then you have the last two. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's possessions. Both of these commandments recognize that man's fundamental sin against his fellow man is envy. 
And this is something that we talk about in the story of Cain and Abel, that Cain, out of envy, murders his brother. Coveting is just a, a fancy word for that, that unhealthy desire that envy brings. The fact that these commandments are even there is a recognition of envy being a fatal flaw of humanity so much that we have to be warned against it in writing. Because envy, you know, think about those commandments, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, that would lead to the violations of commandments 5 and 6, you know, murder, adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's possessions leads to murder, stealing, lying. So in, in some sense, those commandments are the only ones that deal specifically with the internal thought process of people. It recognizes that there are sins that aren't necessarily physical actions, but rather stem from something much deeper within us, within our hearts, within our minds, within our souls. And they lead us to do evil and wicked things. So you have all of these commandments that they're not just put there willy-nilly. You know, again, you see that, that order, that structure, you know, it's meant to show what our priorities are supposed to be, and especially for for those of ancient Israel. Since a covenant is by definition a relationship, it makes perfect sense then that the the outward sign, the Ten Commandments, and the things that are contained within them be about relationships. God, family, and neighbor. So that brings us to the end of episode number five. I hope you found this informative. If you have any questions, please let me know at jlatanzi at damatha.org. We will continue with class on Thursday or Friday, talking about the covenant with David. And I hope you all have a pleasant day, and I will see you next time.